You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Kirk McKenzie. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, isn't it nice to be doing teaching from the couch instead of the hassle of standing up? So much more comfy doing it sitting down with my blankie. In fact, it could be a little bit more comfy. Belle, could you just pass me those cushions, please? Oh, Oh, thank you. I just love feeling comfortable. And these comfy cushions are really going to help with that. Actually, do you know, does this couch have seat warmers, like those electric seat warmer feature? Oh, no, sorry, not here. I have to get a nice uh, car to do that. That's a shame. <laughs> oh, well, I know some of the top-line couches do have that. Oh, anyway, I do love a comfy couch. I also love, like, recliners. Uh, you know those ones where you can, uh, you know, go back or you can put the, the seat up, although... I do find the handle a bit of a hassle, you know, I'm going back, I'm going forward, such a sore arm. I do prefer the electric recliners where you just use a little button, much more convenient. Anyway, it's good to be comfy for today's teaching. Our series that we're in at the moment is called Our Deepest Desires. Each week, what we're doing is we're taking a desire that each of us will have at various points in our life And we're looking at how if it becomes a really big part of our life, as in it really takes over our decision-making, it takes up a lot of our focus and a lot of our energy, how that desire can become a problem. So we've already looked at our deep desire for power and our deep desire for approval. And when those things become big controlling desires, they really do mess up our life. But of course, each week we're not just looking at the mess these desires can make, we're also looking at who God is and how when we enter a relationship with him, he offers us a great alternative, a better alternative to what those desires bring to our lives. Now this week, 
we're looking at our deep desire for comfort. Now, advertisers have picked up on the fact that we all will have this desire at various times in our life. And so what they do is they present to us this vision for life that says that you can be very, very comfortable. And they can sell you products and services, like say a comfy couch, that is gonna make your life very comfortable and basically free from hassle, free from stress, free from debt. Uh, you know, they're gonna make uh, they're gonna make your life so easy and so convenient that you are gonna be happy and relaxed and problem free all the time. And because you're a smart person, you know that that is an absolute load of rubbish. So even though it is a load of rubbish, it's an enticing load of rubbish. We do look at this vision the advertisers present us and go, oh, I would love to live that sort of life. But as much as this false vision is presented to us by the advertisers, we do get a much healthier uh, idea of com comfort presented to us by our culture in other ways. So if you were to type into YouTube search right now, comfort zone, you would get a whole bunch of videos telling you why it's really good for you to leave your comfort zone. To get uncomfortable uh, is a good thing because that's the way we grow. And these videos will tell you that you're not gonna achieve success, you're not gonna achieve happiness, you're not gonna achieve growth unless you, at times in your life, find yourself in uncomfortable situations. The Olympics is actually a really good example of this. Uh, now, if you're watching this live, this will be the last day of the Olympics. And all those Olympians who have achieved excellence in their various sports have, of course, gone through a lot of uncomfortable training in order to achieve the success that they've achieved. Uh, it's a success to obviously even make the Olympics, let alone win something there. Uh, they would absolutely subscribe to the idea of no pain, no gain. Because the reality is, if you wanna grow in any area of life, then you have to be uncomfortable at times in order to do that. It's not just in the area of fitness, it's all areas of life. Let me give you an example. Say you think that you're a, you get the sense that you're a socially awkward person. So you're not particularly confident in social situations. You find things like group conversations difficult. How are you gonna grow in that part of your life? Well, you're definitely not gonna grow by staying home by yourself all the time. That's not gonna be effective. What you're gonna to need to do is to put yourself in social situations so that you can learn. Now, it's gonna sometimes be difficult, it's gonna be uncomfortable, maybe you're gonna stuff a few things up, have a few embarrassing moments, but if you can keep putting yourself into those situations that you find uncomfortable, and learn from them, then you're gonna grow and eventually become more confident in social situations. But if we have a deep desire for comfort, and if all we wanna do is protect our comfort, and if we think that any discomfort, any stressful situation, any painful situations are all bad, then we're not gonna grow. And what we're also gonna do is start to overreact 
to uncomfortable situations. We're going to overreact to discomfort if we have a deep desire for comfort. For example, I've had several conversations over the years with people who have told me that their boss at work was a bully. And so when I've asked them about what the boss does to make them a bully, to me, at least in my opinion, they haven't really sounded like a bully. It sounds like the boss has really just been keeping people accountable to the workplace standards. You know, just things like making sure people turn up on time, uh, only use their phones during the break, uh, you know, speak to the customers before you socialize with your colleagues, these sort of things. And yeah, maybe the boss was a bit strict about those things, but in my opinion, the boss wasn't in the category of bully. But this sort of thing can happen if you have a deep desire for conflict and then you find yourself in an uncomfortable situation, like your boss correcting you uh, or critiquing you at work, then you might have an overreaction instead of going, oh, okay, this is some negative feedback, but it's an opportunity for me to grow. You might overreact and go, I'm being bullied in the workplace. So what can happen when we have this deep desire for comfort and it gets out of hand is that we start to miss out on opportunities to grow and we miss out on the good things in life. We think we're getting the good things in life because we've got, you know, we're protecting our comfort, but we're missing out on the best things. And the very best thing about life from our Christian point of view is relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship with people, the best, most important part of life. And when we protect our comfort, we will almost always end up with shallow relationships. Think about it. If you're protecting your comfort, you're going to avoid things like responsibility and you're going to avoid things like commitment because those things bring with them risk, difficulty, potential for conflict. Uh, you know, They're not things that you're going to take on if you want to stay comfortable. And yet it's those things that help us to go deeper in relationships. And it's those things that help people to feel valued. If we protect our comfort, other people are going to feel neglected. They're going to feel like we don't really care about them. And so sometimes what's going to happen is our friends will feel that we are emotionally unavailable to them. And sometimes what's going to happen is when we deeply desire comfort is that we might quit on things that otherwise we could have persisted with and got great value from. Maybe we'll quit on some study that we're doing or quit a job that we could have persisted with or quit on a relationship or even a marriage. Now, I think it's worth saying that at this point that some uncomfortable situations are worth quitting on or are, are worth getting out of because they do uh, go into an abusive situation. So some bosses are bullies and their behavior needs to be called out and they need to be held to account. Some stressful situations go on for too long and are actually bad for our health and we need to remove ourselves from those situations. Some relationships are toxic and abusive and we need to end those relationships. So please hear me clearly that not every single uncomfortable uh, circumstance we find ourselves in is always at a great opportunity to grow. Sometimes they're just a bad situation that we need to get out of. 
But can we just have that maturity to realize that both can be true? <laughs> that uh, some situations are abusive and bad and we should remove ourselves from them. But a lot of situations that are uncomfortable are an excellent opportunity for us to grow. So our culture presents to us this unhelpful idea that life can just sort of be pain and problem free and we can just be comfortable all the time. But also we get this really sort of quite helpful idea of growing in uncomfortable situations. Now, the Bible has been saying this for thousands of years and Jesus himself has been banging on about this too. Uh, for example, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple, so a follower of me, uh, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, this is metaphorically speaking. So he's saying metaphorically, you need to pick up a symbol of suffering and death and carry it around with you. Doesn't sound like a very comfortable thing to be doing. <laughs> Sounds like the exact opposite. But that's the life that Jesus calls his followers to. It's not always going to be easy. And if you look at Jesus' life and Jesus' teaching, you'll see that it's not always going to be comfortable, that that's the human life and that's the path of following Jesus. It's not going to be smooth sailing the whole time. And especially if you want to grow as a Christian, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, it is definitely going to require leaving your comfort zone. But as we look at today's passage from Matthew chapter 5, we'll see that the Beatitudes, which is the name given to this particular section in Matthew chapter 5, uh, that goes even further. It doesn't just say, uh, well, this is Jesus um, doing the teaching here. He doesn't just say, hey, life's got some ups and downs and you need to be prepared for the difficult parts. He actually goes further than that and says, God blesses people in those uncomfortable circumstances. Now, earlier in the year, I did a talk where we talked about the word blessed a fair bit. And we talked about how it's a word that we use in church, but people often use the word blessed outside of church context as well. And that if you ask 10 different people, you might get 10 def different definitions of what the word blessed means. So what does Jesus mean when he uses the word blessed here in Matthew chapter 5? Well, uh, sometimes translators, when they're translating the original language into English, will actually translate it as happy. So that gives you a bit of a sense of where he's going there. Uh, but it's not a sense of like just feeling happy. Oh, I feel happy today. It's more of a state of being. And a person who has this state of being happy, it's because they have received the favor of God. And it's not just because they're happy for whatever reason. It's definitely because they have received God's favor. Hopefully that's helpful for you. And as we look at the, some of the verses now in detail, have that in mind. State of happiness because you've received the favor of God. And that's not perfect. There's lots of word study on this and so on, but that's probably a good summary. Okay, let's have a look at some of what Jesus says here as people are blessed. Verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when we think about human kingdoms, usually we think about the rich and the powerful being on top of the pile there. 
But that's not the case in God's kingdom. It's actually the poor who are going to be in control of the kingdom here or at the top of the pile in the kingdom. And in particular, the poor in spirit. And so you go, when you think of someone who's poor in spirit, you probably don't think of someone who's got a pep in their step. Someone who's on top of the world today, who's having a great time of it. You're probably going to be thinking of someone who's going through a tough time, who's got troubles in their life. Now have a look at verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now here's the word comfort being used by Jesus in quite a different way to the way I've presented it in the talk so far and in the way we often think about it. Doesn't really have much to do with comfy lounge suites and nice holidays and lifestyles. And we're going to pick up on that image again soon. Um, but also the people who are being comforted here are those who uh, and who are blessed are those who mourn, people who are grieving, who are experiencing loss or perhaps regret for something that they have done or been a part of in the past. And then in verse 5, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. So the people who are going to be in charge of the earth, uh, we would often think they're going to be the leaders, the sort of strong uh, alpha types. But in God's plans, it's not. It's the meek, the people who go unnoticed, you know, the quiet, unassuming types. They're the ones who are going to be in charge you know, under God's rule. So what's going on here? Just in these first three blessings, uh, what, what Jesus is doing is flipping the way things usually work in our world. Uh, things are upside down. Uh, Dallas Willard, who's done a lot of teaching on this particular section of the book of Matthew, and I'd highly recommend looking him up on YouTube and looking up some of his books, some great stuff. Um, he says this, um, I'm paraphrasing him, but God blesses people that the world believes are missing out. God blesses people who the world believes are missing out. And we see this as we work through the other verses to a greater or lesser extent. Um, from verse 6 through to verse 9, um, we might feel a little bit more positive about those, particularly if you're looking at it from a Christian or a, a, a Jewish religious point of view. But you would still say, those people are not at the top of the pile when it comes to society, particularly in a society like Jesus where the Roman Empire was ruling. And then when we come to the end of the list, verses 10 and 11, um, you're definitely not thinking that these people are having a great time. Let's have a look. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So persecuted means you're being bullied and attacked. And then verse 11 he speaks directly to his disciples who were with him at the time. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. <laughs> so it's a blessing to have all that horrible stuff happen to you and to be in those very uncomfortable circumstances. Again, Jesus tipping things upside down compared to what we would normally be thinking in day-to-day -day life. This is how God works. And Jesus was always teaching this way, and this is how he lived as well. He always went first to those who were uncomfortable. 
um, in the, living in the most difficult circumstances. And uh, this is actually how I've seen God work in my time as a Christian. Whenever I've heard people talk about how Jesus has uh, worked in their life, how, uh, whenever I've heard people um, tell the story of how they've become a Christian, then it's nearly always in the hard times. They tell how Jesus has worked in their life during those most difficult times. And it also makes sense of why Jesus came to earth in the first place. You see, we don't worship a God who's like some distant landlord who just, you know, never really spends any time with us and then just checks in every now and then to make sure we're worshiping him properly and then leaves again. That's not how God works. He came to earth as one of us. He has lived life as a human being, gone through the ups and downs of life that we all go through. So that when we do go through those difficult times in life, when we experience trouble, when we are mourning, when we are grieving, when we feel like we um, go, are going unnoticed, when we do feel like we're acting the peacemaker in a difficult conflict situation, he's been there. He gets it. He has had a similar experience as us. So we need to lose the idea that God only blesses us by smoothing the road out for us and getting rid of all the problems and just making life super comfortable in that sense of things. That's not how he's ever worked. He never promised to do things that way. In fact, it's, the, it's, it's got a totally different way of comforting us, and that is to be with us during the difficulties. So let's, let's ditch the idea of comfort that I sort of presented at the start and the advertisers present to us of convenience and easiness and relaxing and that sort of thing. And let's try and use some different images. And I wanna to present two to you today. They're not perfect images, but they're, they're much more in the direction that I think would be helpful. The first image is picture for yourself a, a small child who's hurt themselves and they're crying and they're looking around for their parent and then they find them and they jump into their parents' arms and their parent holds them tight and speaks quietly to them loving words. And as they hold them tight and calm them, that child experiences the comfort of their loving parent. Or how about this? An adult um, experiencing some sort of tragedy, some, maybe some shock news of loss, and then they experience the embrace of another adult. Someone, maybe they're not even talking to them, but just by their physical presence, letting them know that they're not alone, that we're here with you, that we're gonna journey with you through this tough time, and we're gonna be a comfort to you during this time of loss and difficulty. This is the sort of comfort that we receive from God. This is good comfort that we should desire as we experience the ups and downs of life. And it's a much more helpful image because it's not a comfort that we build for ourselves and then protect. It's a comfort that we receive from somewhere else and that ultimately we receive from our loving Father.
There's one more thing I want to say about this comfort that we receive from God, and that is that it's both present and future. You might have noticed this in the language of what Jesus says. In verse 3 and in verse 10, uh, the, the blessings here are present. So, for example, in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, he uses the language in verse 10, theirs is. There's a sense that the blessing is right now. But then in verses 4 to 9, there's a sense that the blessing is coming. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And it goes on, they will, they will. There's a sense that it hasn't arrived yet. Now, when Jesus gave this teaching, he hadn't died on the cross yet, uh, his sacrificial death. He hadn't risen from the dead. Uh, he hadn't uh, sent the spirit into the world. And God's plan, which is throughout all human history, was, was still underway. And it still is. Because his plan is to completely restore everything and to remove all the problems, all uh, you know, suffering and all broken relationships. And so as much as a lot of the plan has been done and we can receive God's blessing now, it is a present reality. There's also a future reality that it's going to be better and ultimately um, there will be, I guess, a greater comfort to come. So uh, we sometimes talk about God's kingdom being now and not yet in the sense that we're still waiting for it to fully arrive, but it has started to arrive. And there's a bit of mystery to this in the Christian faith in the sense that we have a hope for it, we have a down payment for it, there is evidence for it, but we don't know exactly when it's going to fully arrive and exactly what it will look like. Um, but it, that plan is still unfolding. So there's present blessing, but there's also future blessing to look forward to. And certainly here in the start of Matthew chapter 5, we get a sense of that in what Jesus is saying. So, today, if you are currently experiencing uncomfortable circumstances in life, perhaps you are in a position where you're mourning, there is conflict that you'd love to bring peace to, if you're resonating with some of what Jesus has been saying in the passage, I encourage you to look to Jesus for comfort in these circumstances right now. He is with you and he gets it. I want to especially encourage you, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this could be the time for you to look to Jesus and to begin that relationship with him. It's as simple as asking for some help. Saying, Jesus, a prayer, as simple as, you know, Jesus, I'm in a bit of a spot here. Could you please help me? And remember, we're doing that not in the sense of like, can you please get me to where the advertisers promised life could be? Because that's a load of rubbish. But could you please be with me and comfort me in that real important way that I need right now? And for those of you who already follow Jesus, obviously we want to be absorbing this and inviting Jesus to comfort us in those times of need. But also, this is such good news. Um, we need to share it. We need to share it with our words and our actions, both. And I know that God has been challenging some of you to share your faith more. And maybe you're going, okay, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Where do I start? Who, who, who do I, you know, I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone to do this. 
who do I do that with first? Well, I think we get a great lead here from Jesus, uh, as we always do. And that is, why not go to those that the world would consider to be missing out? Look around to the people in your life and see who, who's doing it difficult. Who is mourning? Who gets overlooked by others in our society? Who's in need of some peace in their life? Go to them. Offer them some good news. Offer them some real comfort. Mm -hmm.